Hello, and welcome back to Little State Big Voices with myself, Shahida, and my fabulous co-host, Tracy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. And today is another special day, another landmark episode from us, because today we have our first guest, our first interview. So I'm going to flip it on over to Tracy, and you're going to tell us about this this fabulous person sitting here with us today. All right, Louis, can I just say I can barely contain myself? Let me just dive right into it. So our guest today is a visionary storyteller known by the evocative pseudonym S.T. Holt, originating from the heartland of Alabama and now illuminating us here in Providence, Rhode Island. His creative brilliance transcends genres with a particular mastery in the realms of horror and thrill. A maestro of the macabre, he has penned 13 spellbinding scripts over eight years, including the acclaimed Enjoy Your Stay, a chilling horror tale set against the enchanting landscapes of Vermont. So beyond the confines of their craft, they have a cultural richness in their writing that adds a unique dimension to the narratives. And as an African-American creator, he not only navigates the intricate threads of horror and thrill, but also weaves stories of diversity and representation. With every stroke of the pen or keyboard, he beckons audiences to explore the depths of imagination, crafting tales that resonate across all spectrums. Please join me, Little State Big Voices audience. Join me in welcoming the extraordinary, the incomparable, Sydney Buckholt. Hello, hello, Pause for applause. Pause for applause. I'm like, you know, I wish I, I wish I know how to insert the applause. I'm going to learn how to do that into a podcast. Hello. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. How are you? Good, good. Welcome, Sydney. Thank you so much for being our first guest. I couldn't think of a better person. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. It's my first ever podcast, so go easy on me, okay? <laughs> We're definitely going to go easy. Um, maybe towards the end. It might get a little risque for you because right. I'm a writer, too. So we have. Ooh. And today I felt like we needed to break out this. What in the world? Stephen King's study candle? It stinks. <laughs> <laughs> so but for, those, for a horror writer. For those of you who cannot see because we are we haven't gotten into recording video today, but we will have some great photos of Sydney in our our Instagram and our TikTok page. But what Shahida has brought is a purplish colored candle that says Stephen King's study and it supposedly smells like mysterious smoke and it's deep and rich and it burns for forty hours. <laughs> Made in Maine by Nubble Light Candle. I'm going to smell it. Oh, you can smell it. It doesn't smell Brace good. Brace yourself. I don't hate it. Really? Okay. No. <laughs> smell. I don't. I, don't. It's, it's... I would not like that in my house. I don't know. Maybe like in a dark, cold basement. Yeah, sure. We can I mean, it it's, it, it's because of what it's supposed to evoke. I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> okay. Well, Mr. King, you know. I bought this at the um, the main um, Stephen King library slash museum. Nice, nice. So I'm a huge fan of horror. Okay. So please get into it, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I've been writing horror like since I was little, to be honest. Like I was like in middle school, and I always had this vast imagination. And unlike everybody else, like I 
it, well, I don't know if I can say it on a podcast, but I just like the idea of like blood and gore and like, you know. This is the place to, <laughs> to, to let it loose because this is Shahida's thing. She she likes horror and I was, I avoid horror. I love comedy. I love anything that is not like scary. I like a thrill, but I'm I'm learning to appreciate right. the craft more. Now, I will say I do like the movie Carrie. That's probably the one horror Carrie's movie fantastic. that mm-hmm. I can rock with. Amazing movie. So you started writing, you said, at what age? It was like 10. 10? Yeah. Horror at 10? Yeah. So I, what influenced that? So me and my mom, that was like our thing. Like, we used to watch horror movies a lot, right? Like, mm. I was the only one in my family who would sit on the couch and with her and, like, not run away or go screaming or, like, talk <laughs> through the movie like my other sisters and my brother would do. And so I think my first movie I ever watched with her was Hellraiser, which I don't know if you guys know. Mm, definitely watched it. Pinhead. Pinhead. I watched it with her. Like, she told me to, you know, go to my room. You know, this is not for you. But, like, I was so interested in it. And, like, I just fell in love with the character, the Hell Priest. He's just amazing. To this day, I think he's one of the best characters, like, ever to grace the screens of horror. But um, that's basically where it stems from. Like, I think I want to write stuff like that. Like, I want people to be terrified and scared. And, like, that's what I want to do with my life. And so ever since then, it's just been uphill like that. And I've read some of your work and, you know, we'll get into where people can find your work. And I definitely I was a little scared when I was reading it. I was like, "Okay, this is not a situation I'd like to find myself in. It's it's horror. (laughs) Anytime you say cabin. That's gonna mm-hmm. that's gonna be it for anyone. Yep, so. New England cabin. You already know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, something's going down. That was the biggest thing with Enjoy Your Stay. I think it was the whole idea of isolation. You know, mm-hmm. aside from there being you know a killer on the loose, obviously, but like there's no help coming. You know, like mm-hmm. police is fifty miles this way, and like all you have is yourself. You know, what do you do in that situation? It's like where we kind of get Final Girls from. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, right at the end of the movie, it's like what else are you gonna do but fight back? But in this case, it's kind of different. <laughs> and that's. The, the great thing I feel about writing because you you kind of have like a, a staple what scares people you most people already know right. but each writer is able to inject so much of themselves to make it different yeah you know and reading your stories I see you know you've injected yourself into it can I ask a question though of course so I you're originally from Alabama. I am. Is that where the horror came from? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, growing up in Alabama has its times. You know, it's it's it's, it's a southern state. Um, mm-hmm. I'm an African American man. Like it's it's you know we all know the history behind mm-hmm. it. Alabama is very, you know, scary at times. Mm-hmm. You know, realistic scary, but like I feel like besides you know me and my mom having that connection, it's also a way to like you know guide my fear somewhere else you know like growing up like you know always stay away from the city you know don't hang around these people stay away from cops all that stuff that you hear it's like you know that's reality that's Mm. terrifying you know what I mean but like I didn't want to be in that space so Mm -hmm. what I found myself was being in my house being in my room and you know writing my own horror stories ones that I can control because I can't control reality unfortunately Mm -hmm. That's almost like a form of therapy. Yeah. Like yeah. You, that you created for yourself. Because first of all, being a child is scary. I, I remember having just anxiety being a kid because you don't have much control over much of anything. Exactly. And when you write, and I also write, and when you write, you can create your world. You do. Yeah. And so it's interesting that you 
moved more toward the horror genre. Now, what I want to ask you about your writing is, do you find that there's more horror in the blood and the guts or more horror in the fact that there's no control? Ooh, Ooh, that's a good question. Um, One that I feel doesn't really have a correct answer. I think blood and gore is such an aesthetic, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many subgenres to horror, but... I feel like when it comes to, like, thrillers and um, things that make you think, right, like, you have to think in order to get the horror, mm-hmm. I feel like that's more targeted towards the people that we have today. Those are the ones that are going to win the Oscars. Those are the ones that's going to win those awards that, you know, every horror writer is, you know, seeking. But I think reality is, like, the scariest thing ever. So people like, you know, Jordan Peele, who, you know, mm-hmm. can grasp a subject that is, like, hard to, like, look at in real life and make a horror story out of it, yet still send a message, it's genius. Like, he... <laughs> That's amazing. our horror king, honestly, yeah. right he now, is. Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. And to to pivot from what he was doing, which was straight up just slapstick comedy. comedy. Yeah, I mean, it. that pivot. He had that in him all the all along. And he I did. was a little pissed mm-hmm. off that his movie was nominated in the comedy genre. Which one? Get for out the Academy Awards. Yes. Yeah. I was like, there's th- that was not funny to me. That was straight terrifying the entire thing it had elements of comedy mm-hmm. because there was a comedian mm-hmm. comedic actor in it little Royal howery mm-hmm. but nothing about that was funny that shit was terrifying it, look, it, it was look at the people who were actually judging it though like, yeah i mean yeah i think we have to stop <laughs> leaning in on the oscars and everything but speaking of that horror and and, and piggybacking off of what she's saying have you ever wrote a story, because I, I, I've only read three. Have you ever wrote a story that is kind of based in the reality of growing up in Alabama? Kind of, sort of. Mm-hmm. I wrote a story called Reaper, and this was back in high school. Um, it's about an atheist kid who grows up in the southern religious belt of Alabama. Um, I came from a family who did go to church a lot. They did, you know. We were Baptists, or we... The hullabaloo and all that good that's stuff. That's scary, too. It was. I also grew up in <laughs> so, the Baptist church, so I can know, I'm identify. Joking. I'm joking. Well, no, 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 it, it's, it's the truth. This is kind of where that story came from. I grew up around, you know, speaking in tongues and people getting baptized and blessed and, like, you know, feeling the Holy Spirit. Very which, theatrical. It is very theatrical. But to a little child, to a little kid, you know, going to church every Sunday and seeing that, it's like they're possessed, especially mm. from watching horror movies and stuff, mm. so. I wrote Reaper in a way to, like, you know, make myself more comfortable with religion because religion is scary. It's terrifying, especially when mm. you come from my, my state. So, I don't know. Reaper was fun. It was good. Um, I made it more comedy than horror, but still, it was... That was my Alabama movie. That's so. interesting. And yeah. I like the mashup of horror comedies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when the parodies to Scream, well, Scream itself was like a kind of a mashup of horror right. and comedy. And that, mm-hmm. I can tolerate that. Like, that's that worked for me. So I'm interested to read all of what you've written, mm-hmm. but I would love to see more of that kind of mashup because I think you'll definitely attract a lot of people who mm-hmm. may not traditionally want to watch or listen to horror, but I, I know there's a big fan base because most people I know love horror and thrill. Yeah. yeah. I am working on another movie. It's called Obsidian, but it deals with more of, you know, Mexicans and crossing the border and, like, coming over into America and trying to find work. 
Um, it basically deals with a, uh, a group of, you know, immigrants who, you know, are signed up for this job, a government job that's, you know, not really classified um, to go over to the Amazon rainforest to basically start a deforestation project on it. And this is, you know, near 20, 2030 or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they end up uncovering something that, you know, they weren't supposed to, and pretty much it... Now that sounds <laughs> that sounds off. extreme. I'm like, let me read that. Is that a screenplay or a book? It's or a screenplay. Yeah. Okay, I want to. Okay, watch. we don't want to give away too much. Don't no, say, no, don't say any more about that. <laughs> That's the jacket cover, though. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a I... fun one. I'm having fun writing it for sure. Yeah. So, what's your writing process? It's extensive, <laughs> extensive research for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I go when I have an idea. You know, I write it down. I block it out. I do this thing called a beat sheet. I don't know if you do it the same thing because you write books or not. I, I've written a book. Yeah. I'm working on another one. But my process has been a little unconventional when I've talked to other writers. It it seemed to just flow out of me yeah. very, very easily. Okay. Amazing. But once I get the idea in my head, I don't do like the outline or anything um, like that. Okay. I, I have the idea, I have the characters, and the characters grow as I write more. That's impressive. I, that, <laughs> I let's like, see if I can get this joke published, <laughs> and I'll let you know how impressive that is. But that really is. And I think on it a long time yeah. before I actually start writing it. And believe it or not, I like to start it in longhand. Oh, you physically write your book. In a purple pen. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is any inspiring writers, screenwriters, listen, these are the people that you want to be tapping into, these just thinking about your process. So what I'm hearing is your process is unique to yourselves. It is. So there mm -hmm. may be a baseline. Like you said, you use a beat sheet. I do. Shahida yeah. just kind of writes free. So song. explain with the beat sheet. Yeah, sheet. I was hearing uh, about that. So say, you know, I come up with this idea. I come up with a log line, you know, like, you know, um, let's say Cabin in the Woods becomes more, you know, a horror story for a group of friends that, you know, visit it. I come up with the characters and I spend like a month or two detailing every character. I mean, I go like, you know, what's their race, female or male? Uh, did they go to school? Did they not go to school? Are they have a troubled past? You know, are they, what is their personality? Who is this person? And I go through each and every main character like that. And then I work on the plot. And with the beat sheet, basically, I do each scene. So it's like act one, act two, act three. I have like a big board full of like note cards and stuff that are like scenes that I have in my head that I just write down and just put up and put up and put up and put up. And then from there, it's all about plugging in how this is going to flow out. So mm. beginning, middle, and end. And then I start And I writing. feel like that is so different from novel writing or just fiction writing. Yeah. Whereas... That whole ma and I actually start my book started out. Want, I wanted it to be a play, really? and I couldn't contain myself with the narrative. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it was it was it was wordy. You know, and I knew that you know I couldn't. I wasn't disciplined enough at that time because I really think it takes a lot of discipline mm -hmm. to write a screenplay because even though you have the visualization in your head. You, it can't be all on the paper. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I did not, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm <laughs> getting there. So I was like, you know, and, and I'm impressed by all that and then p piecing it together. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a tough thing. Like, it doesn't, 
free flow. I'm, I don't have yeah. that type of talent. Right? Mm-hmm. I just free flow. Like, I have to, like, have everything mapped out in order to start But writing. can I tell you, character development is everything for me. I don't yeah. care if it's a film, a TV show, a book. Mm-hmm. I need character development. Right. I need to be able to almost smell that character coming off the page or the screen because even minor characters, I like a nice, developed person to come through. I, I need to feel yeah. something for these people. I, and I can watch something that's beautifully shot or, you know, they're wearing the right period pieces, but if I can't connect with the character, even a villain, I love a good villain origin mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not about good or bad or, you know, it's about who is this person and did the writer show me yeah. the mm-hmm. person. They and Tracy writes too. She's kind of like leaving that out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we started. We did writing together like twenty years ago. So we didn't. We so you talked a little bit um, about your process, but one of the projects you worked on, you had a very uh, you used a prompt, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So talk about the prompts that you might use in your to stimulate writing. So there is. Um, a prompt on like a blog or whatever that's a you know daily writing prompt one that said you know if you could choose only you know one outfit you know for the day what would it be right so what i did with my dark imagination it was i came up with a story about uh two young siblings who are choosing their outfit for a vampire apocalypse basically um so what are they going to wear in order to kill the vampires and then in the midst of that they're having the conversations about their life about their past and then it goes into this deep emotional thing about like oh man you know our parents are died, have died or whatnot, and, like, you know, a lot of emotion. Mm. And then I ended at that. That's part of uh, one of the um, the first five, too. But um, even so, like, it's... With daily writing prompts or any writing prompts at all, like, I found myself always, like, going into this dark, dark hole. And it's not necessarily what the answer to the actual writing prompt is supposed to be. It's just, you know... My envision, my idea, my imagination. Well, I mean, I guess if it's what that's where you go, that's where you're supposed to go, right? right? And the, and I think as a writer, you can't resist what is within you. I think some people try to write with the intention of pleasing others. Yeah. My thought process is that if you write to please yourself, you have what you need on your hands. Absolutely. And so you were, when you say the first five, you're referring to the first a sentence prompt the first mm-hmm. five words yep. and then you continue mm-hmm. your writing i like that and so that's similar to what we did we did we, we would do we did yeah keywords. we would have like six or seven keywords and we'd have to write a story from that and that was like Isn't basically that yeah i remember I, I still have some of my stuff and my too. one of mine turned into a little bit of horror do you remember that which one it was like a strip club the guy went to a strip club and he was trying to like get extras in the 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 room yeah. and then the the stripper ended up being like an alien who yeah loved it. i remember I that i remember customers come on <laughs> that's awesome that's an amazing idea see that's what i'm talking about like thinking outside of the box and not yeah. going with the norm it's all about like how writing is supposed to be. I never finish anything though. That's my problem. I'm 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 impressed that you two can both finish your writing projects. What, what it is, took me a while what right. to actually finish. Like what are something. some tips for someone who wants to write but can't finish? Doesn't finish, just starts things and doesn't finish them. It's a tough one. Again, like yeah. I've, I have to map mine out. Like I, we work on different wavelengths. Like mm-hmm. she is a free flower, obviously. Like her imagination just keeps on going and she can just turn out anything. I can't do that. Ooh, like I, I, no. Come on. 
when you say free, but, but when I say free flow, I I've already saw it in my head right. like a movie. Yeah. So then I can write it. But I can, it's very hard for me like even with the um the 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 six letter prompt or the six word prompt thing that we used to do to finish something from there. Okay. You know what I mean? I wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah, so ours were short stories, which I, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's my lane is short stories mm-hmm. because to And I thought that would be my lane, would be short (laughs) stories until I finished a novel. I think a good tip for anyone who's trying to finish something or finish a writing story, like my college professor always told me to write your ending first. That's it. Mm. Come up with your ending first. I've heard that so many times, and I I do believe that's true. And then write towards it. Mm -hmm. That's how you do it. Okay. I I like that. I'm going to try it. Yeah, I've heard that too. And it's so he was talking about your college professor. How did you get to Rhode Island? Oh gosh, yes. long story. <laughs> and it might not have anything to do with school, but it made me think no, of you school. You had a pit stop before Rhode Island, I, at least one. So being born and raised in Alabama, mm-hmm. right? like it's very secluded. Like it's very, you know, it's what part of Alabama? Huntsville, up Huntsville, north, northern Alabama. Yeah, is that where that that, that reality TV show? Ma- oh, Huntsville. Of the ladies, yes. Yeah. There's yeah. like okay, that's okay. Uh-huh. All right, yeah. it does not seem that remote. No, it's remote. Trust okay. me. Okay, <laughs> it's a city just like Providence. I will say because they have similarities, but okay. like everybody who's there knows everybody. Like mm-hmm. that's just it. okay, and that's just the South. It's like okay, any other place. Um, but being there and growing up there, like it's very clear that no one ever leaves there. And that's what I didn't want for myself when I was like, you know, going into school and going into college. I was like, you know, I can't see myself working here. I have bigger dreams, bigger careers everywhere else. So my entire goal was to get over to the West Coast, which is what I did right after college by myself with only $2,000 <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> um, what year was that? This was 2010. Oh, that's still. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Long time ago. I thought you were going to say like 1990 something. I'm like, see, I he looks like he just graduated mm-hmm. high school or mm-hmm. he's about to graduate high school. In the Black m- don't crack. <laughs> <even so>. um, <laughs> no, uh, 2010, yeah, I left college. I went to Texas first, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing a project out there a little free, freelance writing here and there. And then I realized that I'm not in the West Coast yet, so I continued on. <laughs> Moved over to Salt Lake City for a little bit and did mm-hmm. some writing out there. And then finally I got to San Francisco, mm-hmm. which is my dream place. Mm-hmm. I had an internship with what is known as Shutter right now. I don't know if you guys have seen Oh, that. yeah, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Internship with them, writing with them, learned a lot. Uh, did get one movie out, but it is a very, very old one now. And, like, it's probably not even on the... Uh, on the list of movies that they show anymore. But Get out! Look, if we can find it, we are it? linking it in our <laughs> socials. And you have to name after. it. It's like Exit 81 or something. I don't even remember. It was a long time ago. Okay. But even so, um, it was a zombie movie. It was very mm-hmm. fun. I had a great time writing okay. on it. Part of a writing team, though. I wasn't mm-hmm. the sole writer. But mm-hmm. even so. But still. Listen, um, give yourself your flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will give myself my flowers on that one. But uh, after that, I tried to go solo a little bit, like after the internship left. And what I realized with San Francisco and even L.A. was that um, my thinking outside of the box wasn't really what they were looking for at the time. Um, I reached out to somebody over in Boston um, via, you know, email or whatnot, and I sent them a script, and they're like, hey, look, this is what, like, I work with. This is how I work. And they're like, hey, yeah, that's great. Like, this is what we're kind of looking for if you want to come over here, and, like, we can, you know, make something happen. And so that's how I traveled over to the East Coast Mm -hmm. to pursue a career in writing 
Full time. <laughs> so we're both from Boston, Shahida and I. Nice. So that you know, one of the reasons that we started this podcast is we we came from Boston and we still have very much have a Boston mentality. Mm-hmm. So we'd be interested to know your take on the city of Boston as oh. an African American <laughs> man born in the South yeah, and how? not lived on the West Coast. Oh boy. I be um, honest. Yep, you're gonna hate me, but I, I oh. still prefer the West Coast. I do oh, I, don't oh, I that. get that. I get it. Boston was fun. I will say since moving over over here into the East Coast in general, mm-hmm. I think that it's been great for my career for my writing i've gotten a lot of you know praise for it accolades like things of that nature since moving here and boston was a big part of it too Mm -hmm. um they connected me with a lot of people that you know are not you know just in boston but they're everywhere and like those connections have gotten me to write more scripts and get all these deals here and there like it's it's it was good boston was good to me how long were you in boston about a year and a half that's it okay and then you yeah how'd you get here how'd you get here so i didn't want to live in the city anymore because <laughs> uh, i couldn't i didn't like the city unfortunately but um i also didn't want to be in new york either which is where like my oldest sister was and she was like you should come over here because mm-hmm. you know writing is it's an acquired taste it it's is. fun to visit i just i don't know i wanted something that was a little bit less aggressive i guess i think boston and new york are both just you know, mm-hmm. boom in your and face. And you came you know, from a, a small town. Yes, right? yeah, I saw the city. southern boy mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I just can't really do big cities too much. San Francisco was great, though. There was something about San Francisco that was just laid back. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. so, like, mm-hmm. you, know, you know. I've got friends out there, and they like it. They love it. I miss it so dearly. It's like a home away from home. Would but you go back? He he's gearing up to go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't I don't know if I would go back right now. It's mm-hmm. like it's a mess. Like over the years, it's, it's kind of. I've read some stuff. It's not the same yeah. anymore. The homelessness out there. Not oh, to go yeah. on subject. It's just mm-hmm. no, it's, it's, no, no. These are things we're talking about because you know we came here for a reason. You came here for yeah. a reason, and Rhode Island uh, is one of the most attractive places to move to from another state. Right. I think people leaving Boston. This is like their seventh choice actually this is the seventh choice seventh nationally choice, yeah. for people to relocate to so people move for all different reasons but um yeah. and partly from what you said because yeah. it's not as busy it's not and yeah. i lived in mississippi for seven years what part have you got family in mississippi uh, in columbia mississippi mm-hmm. love it <laughs> really i love it yeah. you know columbia, Hello, columbia. okay <laughs> my great grandpa is in jackson mississippi right now, okay so. yeah mm-hmm. so i think it's like i've Coming from Massachusetts and Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and you drive two hours and you're in another state, and being in Mississippi, and I drove, I think, to what was it, the Delta? Okay. It was like a six hour drive. It was four. I'm like, and I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here, but I live there. That's most other states. I know. It's crazy. And mm-hmm. so I lived there for seven years, and I, I appreciate the, the Northeast so mm-hmm. much more, but I actually loved it because I loved the people that I was around. And I still go and visit, you know, um, um, friends that I've acquired as family yeah. there. And um, it was a... Ooh. Technical. What Technical happened? Yeah. I know. We're back. Okay. <laughs> so it was, it, it was an experience. So I get what you're saying. I think when you come from a small town, and then you move to something like Boston or New York or whatever. Right. Sometimes it is a little difficult. And I feel like, just like what Tracy was saying with Rhode Island, you kind of get the best of both. It's a small town vibe in a major city. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what I love about it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a good balance, too. It's not like I, if I needed to go to New York or Boston, it's not about exactly. a three hour drive. So. so let me ask you one more thing about moving out here. How did you find you were able to gather together a social life have you gathered a social life would you like to expand on it because that's one of the things i think when you relocate to a new city as an adult you have to make new friends and that can be a little daunting it is um you know my personality is not (laughs) for the faint of heart to be honest um i am a nice person don't get me wrong like i have (laughs) self hospitality but like we can have a you know normal conversation but it automatically goes into something that's just like complete left pocket like what in the world are you I think you're about? in the right place for that uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you're right where you're supposed to I've be gotten, I've gotten a few looks and a few like you know like you know is he serious or is he not serious type of deals after I've had conversations with people that I've just met but I'm I you know how long have you been in Rhode Island for three years now three years yeah. okay three years so I think I think it takes a while to get adjusted I was it was 10 years before I just finally said okay I'm I'm here. <laughs> I know I'm year five, and I just came to re- the reality that I live I live in Rhode Island. <laughs> this is my new home. I still don't even know like the surrounding cities and surrounding towns at all. Like people will tell me that like, yeah. oh, I live here, and I'm like, oh, that's that's so far, and it's like it's like five minutes away. It's like, oh, okay. There, far. Nothing's far in Rhode Island, which is beautiful. The, I never know. Far. The smallest state. I know. I well, you have to stay tuned to our podcast. We're going to be traveling. We're going to be doing the legwork and the research for you. We're going to be going around in different places, sure. different towns, enlightening people on what's available uh, in in Rhode Island beyond Providence, which is lovely. We love Providence, but. You know, we're going to see what else is out there, too. I will say, I mean, moving to Providence, the food I've seen here is, like, crazy. Crazy. Unbelievable. It's almost like New York, you know, Hell's Kitchen. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just, there's so much that you can eat, and there's so many, like, options that you can't Mm -hmm. do here. It's not just all, you know, deep fried and and chicken bag and stuff. But um, (laughs) even so, um, I think me as a big foodie, that's one thing that I do love about Providence is that, like, there's always... Food and culture. I say it all the time that Rhode Island has it, so... That's it. So as a creative, how do you feel about Rhode Island and what it has to offer you as a creative? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 no San Francisco, but it has its charm to it, I think. It's since moving here, I will say that it's very hard to come up with like some type of story mm-hmm. based out in Rhode Island. Mm. Um I think it has its own type of scene to it that I just can't really, like... So you came here three years ago. So I think when I was growing up in Boston, before I lived in Rhode Island, the, the main thing that we oops, that we talked about was um, corruption. That was, like, a big cloud over yeah. Rhode Island, that, that there was corruption here. But there was also this kind of tight-knitness of, and togetherness those are the the best ways that I can describe what I knew about Rhode Island. And there was like Lincoln Park, um, the amusement park. Do you remember Lincoln Park? I do remember that. <laughs> I didn't know it was in Rhode Island. All the years that we were coming with my grand, I didn't know it was in Rhode Island. And whenever I thought about Rhode Island, all I thought of was mafia. Yeah, I was about to say, what they built by Yeah, mafia? that's, <laughs> I, right. I'm like. So, I'm, I'm, so <laughs> in my head, I was like, okay, if I had to write a horror story, what would I use? I would definitely use the mob. Mm-hmm. I would definitely, there would be an Italian restaurant in there someplace. <laughs> um, the drive through theaters, which we have so many here and not many in Massachusetts. I think we only have one. I thought we had two no. or three. 
And in Rhode Island, there's mm-hmm. only one, the rustic. Oh, they're gone. The other ones are gone. I didn't know any other ones. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that um, the, you know, once you actually you know, take a look around and maybe talk to more people. And that's what I want to do. I want to talk to more people who have lived here before to get a get a feel for what their take is. Because when I moved here, people kept saying, well, why did you come here? Why would you come here was more like mm-hmm. the response I was getting from native Rhode Islanders. Yeah. They could not believe that I would leave Boston to, to come to Providence. Every I got that so much. And I'm like, what, what's the problem? Like, <laughs> I love it here. But, you know, it's a different perspective. So I think there, there's some horror prompts out there. And also you have to build up community. True. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so if you're not, you have to open yourself up to meeting new people. And like I said to Tracy last week, for me, it was when I finally started working here. So I spent 15 years working in Boston commuting. Yeah. But it was when I finally started working here, that's when I started to build community and actually love the space right. so and for like I've joined you know I joined um, this place this space Let's R.I. a long time ago so it used to be another what cheers that it was right down the street from my job okay. and still I wasn't associating with any of the writers mm-hmm. and then they had like a, a a black writers forum and you know they would meet and then I started meeting other writers so yeah. I think that would probably help you. You're not the first person to ever tell me And now you have us. So when we go and we start going to businesses and things like that, especially hotels and other things related to hospitality, I'm definitely gonna gonna reach out um, to you because I know you have, that's a, like a former life for you as well. So. Yes, I do. I did a lot of hospitality and a lot of retail. Like as There's I was, some horror in there. You work in oh, hotels. Plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> I've been wanting to write a horror story about a hotel for the longest time, but I, I wanted feel to like be. It's, it's there. So my idea is that the, <laughs> with the candle. I um, just held up the Stephen King because we <laughs> we have the outlook, so we need one on the East Coast. Come on. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, no, I I've been very fascinated by H. H. Holmes re- uh, recently. Okay. You know, America's first serial killer, mm-hmm. but how his mm. hotel, you know, was you know built and how he you know murdered his victims and things of that nature, and I just really, really want to write a horror story or a horror movie uh, regarding that and, like, it's some type of hotel built over his grave, which, by the way, it's still unmarked and no one knows exactly where he was buried, if you guys didn't know that. It's mm. a fun fact. Um, it, where's, where is it buried, though? Like, what city? I know. No one knows yeah. that? Oh, After I thought... they found out what he did, like, it, they were... I'm thinking Bates Motel, because they know people <laughs> would go dig his grave up and... Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. Great about, that's like, another little... He denied killing anybody to the very end, but even so, like... The did. evidence was there, sir. Was so every time <laughs> I... have always been there, though. <laughs> I every time I check into a hotel, I, I look under the bed. Okay. Do, do you guys do that? Yeah, check your mirrors, too. No. To, to make sure there's Check no the camera. Because as much as, as I, Cara is, no, I have never I done that. I need to make sure it's a platform so <laughs> that there's nothing you could put under there. I'm going to get killed. And that nobody's <laughs> like, like, I need, I don't, I don't, and I look in the closets too. I, I But I definitely look up under that bed. I don't know why. I don't look in the closets. I don't look under the bed. You just if it's gonna happen, it's gonna I happen. I just walk it. <laughs> if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. No, funny thing, right? Has this ever happened to you guys? Like your hair bump in the in in your house, 
and you'll be like, I'm so tired. Just come yes. get me. Yeah. I can't even get up. So if I'm going to die tonight, <laughs> I can't my even dog get up. Like to stare at the wall. Whenever I'm watching like a horror movie or whatever, he'll just stare into space and I'm just looking. Like, okay. <laughs> what well. do you see, buddy? What, what is it? What is it? At least you have a pet to warn you. Is it warning me, though? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just looking. Because these dogs are different. They, are. they will leave you. They, they, will leave. they will let you go down with the boat. They give you one arf and then they're out. That's, <laughs> That's it. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. This has been good. This is fun. I, this I is real fun. definitely can't wait to see what you come out with next. So before we get into where you'd like to be found, I do we do have some kind of fun hot seat questions for you. What is the hot seat question? Let's go. Okay. Well, do you want to Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Do the honors. All right. They're not hot. Three things you love about Rhode Island. Don't think about them. Just say them. Food. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Oof, can't say the weather. <laughs> <laughs> can't say the weather. No. Um, we, have great, we have great summer. Great summers. <laughs> there you go. That's three. <laughs> no. You're leading the witness. That, I know. I'm like, uh, this one, I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> One thing you change about Rhode Island? Mm. Brutal honesty. <laughs> some of the people. <laughs> so, but that's what, everyone. One of the things you love is the people, but what some of what you would change would be some of the people. Some of the people, yeah. Some of the people are kind of like rude, <laughs> just like mm-hmm. for no reason, like not even Boston rude, just like. Yeah. Just rude, rude. Just yeah. snobby. Is it, it snobbishness? Or? Maybe that's what it is. You know, you do have Brown University here and RISD people. Or like, is it racism? Like, real, like which one is, oh, is it? Because <laughs> it know. could be. I know racism, but uh, I don't know. Rhode Island doesn't have that just yet. It might just be snobbishness. I think it's but snobby, it's yeah. feast or famine because I think they're the middle class, I'm still looking for it. I'm, I'm not even sure I belong in it. What do you mean? Like, because I feel like people either kind of rich or kind of poor <laughs> can only be two <laughs> I'm trying to find where is the middle class <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm in a happy middle I, I, I'm middle class adjacent yeah. aspirational mm-hmm, mm-hmm. struggling over here okay. <laughs> struggling writer that's it I feel like I'm still struggling so I feel like you're, you're either rude because you're poor or you're rude because you're rich that's it okay now see I haven't met a lot of rude people in Rhode Island I feel like everyone has I've definitely been ignored and I can't tell if it's because I look the way I look or because they're just being Rhode Island rude People. Probably because my hair, but I've been ignored. Your hair is so cool, though. <laughs> it's hair funky is color. It's blue mm-hmm, today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was green. I change it every last season. month. Yeah, every season. Every season, I'll try to change it. Yeah, that's funny. Like that. Love it. Love it. You'll and that's what the they say about our socials. hair. <laughs> okay, if you could swap lives with a fictional character for a day, who would who would it be, and what wild escapades would ensue? Ooh, fictional character. Sigourney Weaver and Aliens. Mm. Why? Because I would want to kill a xenomorph so bad. I, <laughs> those <laughs> aliens are sick, man. Those are so cool. Those? Did you like um, Prometheus? So, I have oh. my... <laughs> <laughs> because I freaking loved it. You love Prometheus, really? I don't... 
Go ahead. Listen. Go okay, ahead, I get the whole origin thing. I mm-hmm. know where the aliens came from. Mm-hmm. And like, sure, it was kind of cool, the whole concept or whatever like that. But you mean to tell me these aliens, these xenomorphs, you know, from all they did on the past four movies, came from a flower? A mm. spore? <laughs> so it's the Are origin story. It's the origin story for you, too. Are you kidding me? I know. Get out of here. God, it was so great up until that point when they actually showed us, like, how it became. That's actually frightening because yeah. the flower is so tame and known as something that's beautiful that's and mild. That's to think about it. He's like, he's oh, pissed. So the fact, that, planet, the fact that I trusted me. you, I trusted you, little flower, and you... And then you ended up being... It was an uninhabited planet. You shouldn't trust anything that's on there. (laughs) I have not seen the movie, so... You haven't seen Prometheus? No. I think the only thing I loved about Prometheus is just how they thought that they could make a connection with the... the, And then he came out and whooped yeah. <laughs> so kind of like that alien that was at the mall in in uh, Miami last week. That was it really an alien though? Was <laughs> I, it don't really one? Wait, I don't know. I don't know. Was it? Really I don't know. There, I, there I were reports. Reports of a a, this, a gray being walking yeah. around. This huge thing happened in Florida where like this gray being. Of course, it was Florida. I know. That's what I said too. But the whole mall, I guess, like went to this frenzy. Like it was a whole crowd. They started running. How did I miss this? And then supposedly there's no footage, not good, clear footage, because their phones were white. Oh, BS. Everybody who was there said, and they interviewed, said there was an alien. There was two of them, I heard, and that they were walking through the mall, and, like, people were just... So aliens picked Florida. The mall in Florida. Police reports officially said that there was, like, a a group of kids that were just, like, acting, you know, acting up. I feel like that's the new flash mob, maybe. Oh, these aliens coming? And honestly, we are so jaded as a people now that if aliens did actually just come down and we saw it, I don't think we would run. We'd just think it was somebody dressed up as an... I would... If I saw one of those Prometheus beings walk out in front of me, I wouldn't believe it. I would just keep on going. Can I... I'm going to Duncan and that's where I'm going. You're like, listen, I was in front of you. Exactly. (laughs) Keep behind me. Excuse me, sir. Sir. (laughs) Sir. Oh, my God. Exactly. So... I, 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 yeah, I'm surprised I missed that story. Do you believe in aliens? We'll have to link it. Do I believe in aliens? I do. I am unsure. If there are aliens, mm-hmm. I am disappointed in them for not rescuing us. Because all, they could have came and said, you know, let's let's get these black people and let's take them back to this, to, to our planet where we would treat them kindly. The universe is too infinite for us to just, to be I don't know. us. So I think there's other stuff out there. There, there are things unknown. That I'll, I'll say that. And I don't know if they look like us. I think we make them in our image because that's what we do as humans. Mm-hmm, we want mm-hmm. them to look like us. Yeah. For all I know, birds are aliens how do i know they're not and it they're coming back i i don't know anything so i'm not going to profess again they didn't rescue me so <laughs> like come wipe our student loans come you know no, make no. More when i said rescue us. me i'll oh, just like, take you take, take me take from this planet you can't breathe at those other places i don't know we don't know that you just said it's infinite you have no idea <laughs> i'm i'm saying so aliens, there are aliens come 
Do your talk to Shahida. D- yeah. And do your Luke tell Skywalker me. for me. She'll tell me Luke what Skywalker. you think. <laughs> Luke Skywalker me. Come big, on. Big Star Wars. Do fan. you believe in? Yeah, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I do. I believe something is out there for sure. Not to go to X Files with you guys, mm-hmm. but like I absolutely believe that we are not alone in this universe. Because yeah. if we, even if we are, that's equally as terrifying as actually having other people out there. True. Think about it. If there are if, no if aliens, we are. This is it. This, this is, is it. Oh, we're the best. That in would an be. infinite universe. We are the best thing. And we know How that. How terrifying is that? That's frightening. How terrifying is that? <laughs> hmm. I never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. All right. I know. I know. We're supposed to be closing out, but I do so, have. Mm-hmm. I have another question. Go ahead. Go for it. Speaking of sci-fi, and you mentioned um, X Files. Mm-hmm. X Files or Fringe? God, that's a good question. Because <laughs> I got my. Have you seen either of those? Absolutely not. Uh, I've seen crazy. the X Files. I know what the X Files okay. is. You don't Scully know what Fringe is? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I do not know what Fringe is. So X Files or Fringe? Both ahead of their time. You know. Okay. Both needs to give props for me. X Files. <laughs> okay. Like, I, like I, I can get it. I can get it. I'm but for me, for, it's Fringe. I'm looking for something to binge, so maybe I'll... Oh, it's on HBO. Start with Fringe. Fringe yeah. is... Okay. Fringe. Is it like Black it's five Mirror? Season. No. It's more like The X-Files, but it's... I think after season one, it became a continuous story. Yeah. Mm. And so they wrapped it up nicely in um, season five. But it's just like, you know, each episode is kind of... Um, a new story on something unusual. Yeah. Okay. And Walter, come on. <laughs> Walter is the best I gotta check TV this out. character. Okay, you guys have my, you have my interest peaked. Okay. All right. And, and, and from there, I'm not going to ask another question. Okay. Because I, I, I was going to ask what his favorite book was, but... I, so what we'll do is, what we'll do is we'll drop Sydney's, a link to Sydney's favorite book on our social media. Yes. So Sydney, tell us where we can find you, where you'd like to be found, and where your work can be found that you'd like people to know about. So you can catch me on the Headphone app, which is spelled H-E-A-D-F-O-N-E. Um, you can download it, subscribe, and you listen to all my stories that I've written solely. Um, they are voice acted, so it's almost like an audio book, but it's actually just an audio story. So think of, you know, watching a movie, but listening to it instead. Um, I also have Writer's Blockade 4 at uh, WordPress.com. That is where you will find the last five, which is, I mean, sorry, the first five, <laughs> which is all my short stories and things of that nature. So I am around, and I'm also on Twitter, too, uh, under ST Holt. Awesome. We'll link all of that so that you all can find Sydney. So you can find us, Little State Big Voices, on Spotify. Now we're on Apple Music, and we are also on Amazon Music, and we're also on Instagram and TikTok, always under Little State Big Voices. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was really great. So (laughs) till next time, everyone. Until then. (laughs) 